I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is Food About Town Bites, where I talk through our recent curate events and some of my food and drink adventures. Um, this is the first edition of this. Um, just have a lot of thoughts in my head and a lot of stuff I want to uh, talk with everybody about. And uh, sometimes it's a little bit hard to wait for guests to talk through everything and things get lost in the shuffle. And I want to just uh, have an opportunity to talk directly to everybody without... Um, ha- always having somebody with me. Uh, I do expect to have some uh, some guests just to talk about what we've been uh, doing recently. Uh, a little less structured, a little less um, you know, long form conversation. Expecting both these most of these going to run a little bit shorter. Um, but today it's just me. Uh, most of the time I'll be drinking something. Uh, uh, today I have a rye from Wilderness Trail in Kentucky. This is a uh, pick. Uh, store pick. So uh, for those of you who aren't deeply involved in the spirit scene, um, sometimes stores will pick a certain uh, whole barrel or part of a barrel that they have specifically for their store. So they get a chance to try samples, pick one they really like, and they get to sell it to their customers. Uh, One, to have something special, and two, that they get something that is just theirs, which is kind of cool. So this one is a pick at uh, Baytown Wine and Spirits in Webster, uh, one of my go-to stores for buying spirits, wine, and uh, other delightful things like that. So highly recommend you go in. This is a Wilderness Trail Rye. And let me take a quick taste. Let me know what, I'll let you know what I think about it. Mm, uh, really balanced. I mean, this is a little over 100 proof. Um, very round, uh, very interesting, really tasty. Um, so uh, as I mentioned up top, we're going to do some recaps on the curate events so everybody can know some of what we've had recently. Usually we do advertisements for upcoming events on the Food About Town podcast, but I want to tell you a little bit about uh, some of the history of how I decided on the places and some of our experiences uh, with those events. So um, first I wanted to tell you about our first Buffalo event, which was at the beginning of September. Uh, really exciting for us to do an event in Buffalo since uh, a few of us, uh, actually four uh, four of us have uh, roots in Buffalo, uh, grew up there or around or live in the area. And exciting for us to go and explore and learn more about the scene and bring people really interesting stuff. Uh, the first event we did with uh, Southern Junction, which is a um, barbecue restaurant. Uh, the gentleman who owns it, Ryan Fernandez, is from Texas, but he has Indian background. So it's Texas-style barbecue with a lot of Indian inspiration. We kind of uh, edged into that with the food that we brought to everybody. Uh, we did a uh, brisket, uh, Texas brisket heavy biryani, which is delightful. Great combination of the richness of brisket and all those you know bright and intense flavors that'll go with uh, biryani. And the other one's like a smoked roasted cauliflower, which was kind of done in the uh, Indo-Chinese uh, Gobi Manchurian uh, style, which gets some of that Chinese and Indian um, fusion. Uh, fusion's a tough word for me. I, I often don't enjoy fusion food, but Ryan kind of lives that through experience and uh, through his, you know, this is how he grew up and this is, you know, where the food kind of comes from, which makes it a lot more interesting to me. Um, so uh, food's great. Highly recommend you check out Southern Junction if you're in and around Buffalo. Um, and uh, we did our pickup at Nowhere Lounge, which is a brand new place that's opening, hopefully fully opening this month in October um, in Kenmore, where we did our pickup there. They were fantastic, uh, really interesting space, 70s lounge themed 
uh, really cool and hope we get to continue to do that there for a long time. Um, interestingly for this event, uh, we were driving out from Rochester, so there's always the, uh, possibility of something going wrong. Um, in this case, um, what ended up happening was, um, we were driving out to, driving out to Buffalo and, uh, two of, uh, two of our curate, uh, co-founder team members, um, uh, Brandon and Alex ended up, uh, getting stuck on the 90 with a, um, what I what I recall was a fertilizer truck that had uh, um, had uh, crashed and turned over on the 90, and they were stuck on the 90 for I think they said two and a half or like two hours. Um, so I was left to uh, get our event all set up um, and start uh, handing out food without a support team. Which you know that's that's part of our we we do a lot of backup planning to make sure that we can still deliver an event to people if anything goes wrong. So it went off really well and no issues at all. But uh, it was kind of funny. Our first event in Buffalo, we get stuck in traffic and we have to <laughs> we have to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, I think the only other Buffalo thing was we um, after the event we needed a chance to decompress. It was a a little bit of a stressful uh, afternoon with all the traffic and replanning and everything like that. Uh, but we tried this uh, place across the street. I think it's called Fatty Beer, uh, F-A-T-T-E-Y. Um, it's, uh, I don't know a lot about the place, to be honest. It seems just like a nice, um, nice. it's like a, uh, a tap room, but very, uh, you know, very lean and small. This isn't like a giant, uh, huge restaurant or anything, but uh, really interesting craft beers. The selection was fantastic. Um, and I heard they're uh, uh, trying to open up a place in Rochester, uh, over in the uh, uh, area near the uh, uh, near the Strong Museum. Uh, so I hope that happens. It should be pretty interesting. I thought the space was great. Uh, selection was really good. They uh, seems like a nice small little food menu. So hopefully that uh, comes to pass and that ends up opening here in Rochester. Uh, speaking of Rochester, uh, our last event here in Rochester was uh, for Curate was on October fifth. Uh, held at Three Heads. I've uh, been uh, really appreciative of them having us in their space. And the food was from Kif- Kitchen Africana, actually in the Marketplace Mall food court, which for all intents and purposes is relatively abandoned. I think there's three places in it. Looks like there was a, um, a little mac and sh- uh, grilled cheese or mac and cheese restaurant. Um, uh, I think it was Coffee Connection, a uh, little place in there, which is, you know, obviously serving coffee to everybody. But that's really about it. It's pretty empty in there. And uh, just so happens that one of the places is a Nigerian restaurant. And we've uh, we've done West African food once before, uh, which turns out that the people run that is Liberian. And we tried to highlight some Nigerian food for everybody. Uh, so this time was uh, jollof rice, which is kind of a um, tomato and chili based and uh, chicken uh like chicken broth based rice dish with a little bit of a little bit of like a stewed chicken on top. It's kind of one of those dishes that crosses over many different countries in West Africa. I'm, I'm no expert in this. And uh, in the description I wrote out to everybody, I was recommending if people wanted to learn more about the, um, you know, the food influences of the uh, uh, West African diaspora uh, to look up uh, high on the hog documentary on Netflix or the book of the same name. Uh, book by uh, Jessica Harris, uh, one of the most important books to read, so I highly recommend doing that. Uh, but we uh, serve jollof rice, which is the root of a lot of uh, dishes in the South here in America. 
Uh, the other one was uh, Eforiru, which is uh, kind of like a stewed greens with a, in this case, dried seafood base, dried crayfish base, uh, and also some of that tomato and chili. Uh, served with fufu, which is kind of a uh, pounded boiled cassava root. Um, often you'll see it as taro or uh, tapioca. So you pound it and it turns into this dense starch. And it's usually eaten together to uh, balance the intense flavors. Um, something that I uh, feel pretty strongly about that we do with uh, with our curate meals as we pick them is we try to do different things. We try not to just um, make it as super friendly as possible. We try to go to all different side of things and let people actually do some exploration. So um, if anybody has any thoughts on other places they'd like to see, uh, different things like that. Let me know, uh, stormy at curatemeals.com. You can email me and send me recommendations. Um, for our next events, uh, probably not for the next one because that's next week. Uh, next one, Rochester 1019 uh, at uh, Pickup at Three Heads. Uh, or our next event in Buffalo is on October 25th. We're switching to Tuesdays out there. And we're hoping to keep that about once a month for now. Uh, we'll see as we go into the holidays, we'll probably... Uh, reevaluate that going into the last two months of the year and see where we end up. Uh, but really excited to be doing that still. Um, otherwise, I uh, want to do some roundup on some of my recent shopping and experiences. So um, I'm a big advocate of shopping at, uh, at farmer's markets. Uh, regardless of which one you go to, find one that works for you. Uh, I shop at a few, not all of them super regularly, but I try to bounce around and check out what's going on at all of them. Uh, the public market downtown obviously is my number one place shop there most weekends on Saturdays, try to get there early to avoid the crowds. Uh, but, uh, stuff I was buying, uh, recently seasonal, um, we're getting to, uh, deep fall harvest. So things like collards, Brussels sprouts, and squash are all fully in season at the public market. So those are great buys right now. It's it's important to buy seasonally and stuff that really tastes like fall. So definitely recommend going to do that. Um, the other stuff, uh, I went to another uh, market recently, which is a Redbird Market, which is a small store in Fairport. Um, I'm a big fan of Polly Guglielmo's podcast. Um, he's, a, he's a good friend and uh, one of the people I always try to catch up on what he's talking about on his show, whether it comes to business or food or just general topics. He does a really good job with what he does. And um, his wife and mother-in-law bought uh, Redbird Market, which is a, I'd say a small, uh, small market, which has a lot of New York State products in it. Um, some house-made things like uh, nut butters and things like that as well. Uh, good selection of everything else. I tried a great mushroom uh, jerky there that was pretty tremendous. Uh, I'd made the trip out to check out the Fairport Farmer's Market, which was uh, a little bit different selection than some of the other markets in town, so that's worth the uh, exploration. I don't know how seasonal they are, but if they're still open, uh, it's worth checking out. Uh, on uh, I think it's Saturdays when they're open. But uh, the thing I was traveling out for was uh, to buy a loaf of Jen's Artisan Bread. Uh, originally tried that at a small market on East Ave uh, a few weeks ago and really enjoyed the, the depth of flavor, the fermentation she got on her bread. Uh, texture was really nice. The focaccia I bought was uh, deeply flavored and really complex. So I made the trip out to Fairport, which I don't get out to Fairport very much, to be honest. Um, 
not a, it's not a place I tend to go, so it was really nice to have the chance to go out and was really impressed by the store and got to buy a little bit more on that bread. So definitely recommend you going out there and checking it out. Um, and if you need your Google Amazon sauce hookup, it's a great place to do it. Um, other thing uh, was tasting uh, uh, tasting some whiskey recently. Um, I try to keep my palate fresh all the time when it comes to tasting since I do spirit judging uh, a few times a year. So it's always important for me to continually taste and work through different products. Uh, one I tried recently, uh, opened a bottle for the first time, was from uh, Wiggle Distillery in Pittsburgh, uh, located in the Strip District, uh, Strip District, uh, right in the heart of uh, heart of the city. I was down in July um, at a convention helping my wife uh, sell her T-shirts and things. Uh, that's at Crazy Dude, uh, C R A Z D U D E to check out what she's doing. Uh, so I was down there and I got a chance to take an evening off and went and tasted at the Wiggle Distillery. Uh, They've been open for a while, but they're definitely a craft distillery. I don't say that in a negative way, by the way. Um, You know, they're not a huge production facility, and they do a lot of experimentation. So uh, there's a distinct taste where you can taste um, the certain grain character uh, inside the whiskey. It's not like one perfectly homogenous product, um, which I actually really enjoy. So it's... Um, it's a difference without judgment, and I think it's an important one to have when you're talking about anything. It doesn't have to be the finest uh, finest technique, the finest anything, uh, finest ingredients for you to really enjoy something for what it is and the process it goes through. And Wiggle's doing a tremendous job, and uh, I cracked open a uh, bottle of their wheat whiskey, which was a six-year-old product, and tasted it with somebody the other day and was really impressed. Took some Took a little bit of time to work through, and after it opened up, it just got so soft and beautiful. Um, if you see their stuff in a store, uh, it's really worth uh, worth grabbing. So uh, the other thing I was doing recently was a winery tour. Uh, I got to see one of my uh, uh, one of my friends I haven't seen as much over the last few years, and uh, she and her husband um, went with my wife and I to a winery tour. Um, we did the west side of Seneca Lake. It's kind of my comfort zone when it comes to wine tours. Uh, whenever, but whenever somebody would ask me, "Hey, I want to take a wine tour," that's usually where I'd send them. It is, it's really dense with high quality wineries, and for me, we ended up hitting places this time that I've been many times, uh, but um, she had not. She'd only been to one of them before, uh, which for me was very interesting. Uh, she hadn't been to. Uh, any of them in a while. So I uh, got a chance to visit uh, visit three places. Uh, we visited Billsboro uh, on the more northern side of the lake. Uh, had a really nice experience there. Uh, Redtail Ridge, which was tremendous. Uh, the uh, Their sparkling uh, wines that they're creating right now are truly spectacular. A really interesting range of different stuff from, uh, from pet nats to uh, traditional method uh, sparkling wines of different different grapes and uh, ages and everything else. Really interesting stuff. If you're going to taste one thing there, go and taste just sparkling wines, you're not going to walk away disappointed and you'll get a different perspective of what the Finger Lakes is today. Um, and we finished our wine tour out at Herman J. Weimer, uh, one of my favorite places. 
the work that was done in that place with the uh, with our tasting experience. Uh, my friend Chris Crocky did a lot of work um, uh, helping to renovate their uh, tasting room process and everything else, uh, along with their library. Did a phenomenal job, and this was um, this actually ended up being one of the best uh, experiences I've had at a wine tasting ever. Uh, the gentleman who was um, serving us and working with us that day, I believe his name was uh, Nishant, was um, one, of, one of the best servers I've ever had in any dining experience. Uh, and it was, he was truly spectacular, uh, both with uh, his knowledge, his uh, charisma, everything else. Um, uh, our friend who was, uh, friend who was joining us, for the trip, uh, brought her mom along and, uh, we were working through, she hadn't done a wine tour before. So for the first two places, I was working with each of the places to try and highlight what she might enjoy more. And we were, uh, we were struggling a little bit cause it was her first time doing it. And I always take that as a bit of a challenge to try and try and be successful and make sure everybody has a great time. Uh, but, uh, I have to say, uh, Nishant did a tremendous job. I, gave him some parameters of what has been successful or somewhat successful before. And man, he, he took it on with, uh, such a, you know, such a, such vigor and, uh, enthusiasm and, you know, read the table so perfectly gave, you know, gave me, you know, ton of information, uh, made sure that, um, made sure that everybody had a great time. We got to try a bunch of different things and, uh, uh, it's, he, he was truly impressive really when, like I said, and truly and honestly, one of the best servers I've ever had at any dining experience. Um, so highly recommend you going to Weimer. They really killed it, uh, that day and, uh, uh very impressed. Uh, also the wines were tremendous. Uh, got to taste through a whole bunch of the different white vintages and it was really tasty. Um, and we finished the day at Kindred Fair. Uh, hadn't eaten there in a few years. Uh, I wrote about it in city newspaper years ago. And got a chance to try their uh, new vegan menu and was very impressed by uh, the flavors, techniques. Uh, the dessert I had was really good. So if you are vegan, uh, they have a nice menu uh, available. But the, the food and the seasonality and the cocktails uh, were really creative. Uh, they went really aggressive. On, uh, I tried one that had actually had green coffee in it, which is a very challenging ingredient. And they took it on. It was a challenging cocktail and they did a good job with it. Still not my favorite flavor, but <laughs> but still really interesting. Um, uh, I guess I'm going to wrap up this episode. Don't want to keep these uh, uh, down under 20 minutes if I can. Uh, just wanted to let people know I've been on some other shows recently on the Lunch Order Podcast Network that I'm a proud member of. was on a recent episode of Punches and Popcorn talking about the Steven Seagal classic Above the Law, uh, which is an uh, interesting movie we had a fascinating discussion on. I uh, was on an episode of the Beer Review Journal talking about Adirondack beers. Uh, had a number of different uh, uh, guest impressions throughout the episode and had a really good time with that. And if you haven't caught uh, a couple of my recent episodes, uh, I would recommend you check out uh, the last two episodes I did with uh, Will Cleveland talking about, uh, uh, obviously, Rochester beer and a few other things. And uh, Fon Dumas, uh, it's a little past the event at this point. But uh, she's, uh, she does a pop-up at Noble Shepherd Brewery doing uh, Thai food and uh, is a, uh, also a board member of the Wat Palau Budatam 
uh, Temple in Henrietta, and we talk a lot about that as well. And uh, coming up, I believe, next week should be an episode with uh, Liba Spirits, which is a nomadic distillery, and really excited for everybody to listen to that one. Um, otherwise, uh, thanks for joining me for uh, Food About Town Bites, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Food About Town Podcast. Music for the Food About Town Podcast is provided by Taurus Savant. You can find more of his music on taurussavant.bandcamp.com. The Food About Town Podcast is a proud member of the Lunchador Podcast Network. Follow Lunchador at Lunchador Podcasts on Instagram to see when new episodes drop from all the great shows on our fantastic network. <laughs>